Sky Sports Radio loves talking racing. The people. The jockeys. The horses. The gate's open now. They're off and racing. Time now for Punter's Postmortem. Have a look at this. How much did this have on the field? Analysis of the weekend's racing plus your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Yeah, welcome to Punter's Postmortem on on this last... Oh, Grant, I'm just getting myself back... In my ear, they're mixed minus. Anyway, uh, it is the last punters post-mortem of 2020. Dave Stanley with you this morning, and we're looking forward to a massive uh, show today. It'll be our final one. And, of course, we'll be back in the new year just after Magic Millions. But uh, hopefully today's show is all about a, re- a reflection, not only on the weekend's punting and how you thought some horses went or some performances were in Sydney or across the board, but also maybe your highlights of 2020, and we'll talk about them later in the show. So we're going to open up the lines straight away. Plenty of calls today, plenty of texts, and uh, let's reminisce on what's been a, a different 2020. As always, our three... Uh, panel of experts. Uh, Ron Duffus, he joins us to kickstart proceedings. Morning, Duff. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Uh, it's been a long trying year, as you said, but we've got through it pretty well, I'd suggest. And uh, what a day for Rachel King on Saturday. Four winners. She just kept uh, coming through the winner's circle there and did a fantastic job um, on an interesting day's racing on a hot day. Yeah, it certainly was hot. As I say, good morning to you, Dino. Uh, Dean, been a big year, mate. A crazy year, as we mentioned, but uh, some good racing on Saturday to come out of Victoria. Yeah, it was some competitive racing, Dave, and uh, probably a uh, an Adelaide visitor stole the show, and they've done that a bit, uh, either in uh, Melbourne, Melbourne or Sydney, uh, when they've visited, and uh, uh, I thought all banter was just outstanding, winning race six on Saturday. Uh, she's a very good filly for Richard and Chantel Jolly, who have had a great spring. Munns, uh, Glenn Munsey joins us from Sky Thoroughbred Central on the tab. Morning, Munns. I've got to go ask you, I saw some photos on social media about you had a broom. Was there a spider issue out there on Saturday? A spider? Yeah, morning, Dave. Morning, Ronnie. Morning, Dino. Uh, added another chapter in life to uh, live broadcasting Sky Thoroughbred Central on a race course on Saturday when, well, it got to about 60-odd degrees in the room there and uh, got a touch warm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, the spider infestation in the uh, in the host Ugh. set there. They all decided to bail out. I thought I was an extra in a, uh, the Temple of Doom. I thought what, Ronnie, what type of spiders? Indiana Jones. Oh, I don't, Dave, well, not the big, not the big uh, ones. Uh, um, well, not until some bright spark decided to spray them, and they come from everywhere. And then the big oh, ones, the little ones, they were, oh. it, was, it turned from. 20 spiders to 200. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah. It, it, it was good, the bloke. He came here. He was the guy that was actually employed uh, to clean the surfaces around the race course. So he decided to spray them with hospital-grade disinfectant. Uh, so at least when they were coming out of the roof, they were clean. Um, I've got to ask, boys, uh, and this is to uh, Munns and, and Duff. Uh, at, 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 was there a point there? Because you guys were on, on deck. Now, it was hot everywhere across New South Wales, but... What was it like there on track? Obviously, they raced. Uh, the stewards thought it was okay to be racing, but um, is it one of the hottest days you've ever had at the track? I think I've had hotter, uh, but as far okay. as hum- humidity is concerned, uh, it wasn't that bad. That's why we could race. When, when the humidity sets in on those hot days, that you can't run. But the races were never in doubt. The races were never in doubt. It was just a, a, a bit of an uncomfortable day. Munns, uh, what was it like from a, a betting perspective, this uh, Sydney card on Saturday? Uh, well, one thing I can tell you, Dave, is we didn't turn over as much on Saturday as we had on the previous two Saturdays on Newcastle and Kembla. Now, whether or not that was 
the day that it was. People weren't venturing. Well, I would have thought they might have ventured to pubs and clubs to be in the air conditioning, but I can guarantee you uh, our holds on Saturday weren't as good as Newcastle and Kimber. Okay, all right then. Uh, as I said, we're going to uh, spend some time the, in this first part of the show sort of talking about the Saturday that was. So if you've got any questions or texts about Saturday's race, you can get involved. And then after 9.30, we might reminisce just on the year that was. Obviously, we had some great carnivals, uh, not only in Sydney, Melbourne. We also had that winter carnival. You forget. I mean, there's been that much racing going on. You forget about the autumn sometimes and also the winter we had there in Queensland, albeit a little bit different with their schedule. Uh, Duff, I'll come back to you here. And you mentioned Rachel King. Uh, obviously, we had uh, Jamie Carr dominating a few weeks ago uh, there in Melbourne, and some punters saying, look, she's, she's the one they want to back all the time. It's quite extraordinary, isn't it? And it's great, I think, for the sport that we have these two female jockeys uh, who are, you know, dominating in some aspects on, on certain Saturdays against the big boys. Yep, uh, no doubt about it. I, I think their, their main attributes is their balance, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's more... Um, it's not aggression these days with horses as far as, you know, riding them and hitting them with the whip. It's it's a padded whip now and it's all about balance and keeping horses in their stride and they seem to be getting very good results, um, very good results. So they, we've got to sit back and take notice that they're, they're both great jockeys in their own right but they're, uh, the winners they're riding, you, you, you can't deny. It's just, they're just too consistent. Dino, we see it all the time with Jamie Carr. I mean, is that... Have you, obviously, as, as a uh, someone that follows the jockeys quite closely and is, uh, of, you know, friends with all of them, I mean, you must be proud of the way she's come through her ranks because she took a risk in some aspects leaving SA, planting herself there in, in Melbourne and, well, proof's in the pudding. Yeah, she dipped her toe in the water about seven or eight years ago here, probably seven years ago as an apprentice, and she came over for Mick Price for about just on oh, eight or 12 months, and uh, she rode enough winners to suggest that you know it'd be, it was worthwhile and then she went back to Adelaide teamed up with Tony McAvoy totally dominated and uh, she's come back here and uh, yeah it, it's just about that uh, rhythm that she gets on horses and less is more with her she keeps it very simple like it was you know all banter best horse in the race on Saturday bang straight outside the lead made a good thing of it uh, the one early in the day Seb Silk Got a bit of cover, got it to relax, and just yeah, just gave it room when it needed it. So, fairly simple, straightforward, uh, but uh, she's so effective, and that's why she's the leading rider down here at the moment. We'll jump back to Sydney Duff. Uh, already a text here about Invictus Salute and what you thought of the Starlight Stakes and what we do with a few of the horses in the Beaten Brigade. Yep, we're coming to the end of a, a long season. It's just a magnificent piece of placement by. Mark Newnham, who, who's doing it um, a lot lately, or the last over the last two years, really. But he, she's a mare that they they bought it. Uh, might have been Magic Megan's broodmare sale. Um, you wouldn't have thought she had much left in her. You could even make a case she well, she was. She was going straight to stud, but they got her in foal early. Okay, let's have a little throw at the stumps and see if we can set it a winner stakes race, which she hadn't done. Uh, they, she was put in foal to I Am Invincible and um, in foal straight away and, and back to the track and here she is winning a, a you know a, a, a quality race um, that you know three folds of value probably mm. and if she can throw a nice foal she's uh, they're cooking with gas with that purchase but look she beat Space Boy he did his thing who he likes to roll and try and p- pinch it and he, he nearly did. Uh, Viradine was good. He usually gets better with racing. Honest run from in and up. But Passage of Time is an 
ongoing inquiry there, just the vigour, the last uh, 200 metres, but uh, stewards will sort that out. But Snitz, the well-tried runner, he... I don't know about 1100 with him, so maybe another chance for okay. him. He's he's better than that, and he's uh, he looked well. And I'd be prepared to say if he gets a race that the map suits him, and it's 1200 next time, you could nearly put a pen through that. Uh, Munns, in regards to the betting on the race, I mean we saw that Snitz. Well, I think we spoke on Friday was a big firmer, and it's uh, funny though. This is sort of I've noticed this, and and you would know. Well, I guess more about this in regards to the history, but you know we often see these prices go up from the tab, and we think, oh, gee, it's Christmas time. But they're right more often than not because um, the horses that are being very well backed aren't doing much. Uh, and no, Dave, and they have got a very, very good record lately of um, you know horses that have gone up big odds, started much, much shorter, and and haven't featured. And and Saturday, well, the cases in point there were Almania, uh, Snitz, and even. Uh, to a lesser extent, I think there was one other that I... Uh, in the highway. Uh, yeah, the, oh, yeah uh, another Colvin's one horse, in the yeah. highway. Yeah, $6 it. Um, yeah. So, you know, the uh, markets are only opinions, Dave. And, yeah. um, and you know, their opinion was that they were entitled to be much longer. The putter's opinion was they were entitled to be much shorter. Uh, as a bookie, uh, you only remember the ones that you got wrong and no one wraps you for the ones you get right. Uh, so with uh, with Snitz, obviously, best was it the best guy on the race? Or was there a little bit of money around for Invictus Salute? Um, well, Dave, I, I was surprised that the money kept coming for Snitz because it was a it was a strange market there. Uh, Varda actually went um, up as favourite on the NOP after Snitz had sort of been their favourite all day. And then the last sort of six or seven minutes, it was one-way traffic for Snitz. It was 390 to 320 in the last sort of five minutes of betting, and, and Varda was sort of 390 out to 420. Uh, Invicta Salute got to as much as $8 during the day, got into as short as 550, and then got back out to seven. Uh, but it was a race they didn't really, you know, play many runners. Uh, in and up was affirmed very late, 13 into nine, sort of the last couple of minutes. But, you know, horses like Space Boy was six to 10. Viridine was probably the most consistent runner all the way through betting. Uh, you know, around about five fifty six all the way through. But um, um, Invictus Salute there, you know, as I said, there was money for it sort of in the middle of the day and then just late, I suppose, with the fact that in and up and both Snits firm late, uh, they get those out around it. Uh, the text board's lighting up here, boys. And it, it, look, it was uh, obviously the winter bottom and I think at one stage it was 190 trekking. I might come to you here, Dino. Uh, this winter bottom, of course, the Perth Carnival will continue on for the uh, the weeks to come, and we won't be here on uh, Punners Post Mortem. But what did you make of the beaten favourite trekking? Uh, well, it's the second year in a row that uh, Perth's been a stumbling block for him. Uh, I thought he look he ran okay, but on form he had lengths on that field, and uh, he just didn't uh, didn't quite turn up. He had a sizzling trial on the Monday on very firm ground. Whether whether that just uh, dulled him, I mean, he's been a good backup horse in the in the past stuff, but uh, that wasn't anywhere near his best Saturday. Well, he had the winners back, didn't he? So the, yeah. you could hardly make an excuse for him. He, with his quality and uh, performance on the board, you would expect him to, to, to run over the top of them. But uh, I agree, he wasn't himself. And that is twice in Perth now that he hasn't hasn't reacted at the end of the season. So so be it. Uh, we get a lot of favourites beat every day, but he, he's just another case. He, he, he had his chance and... He didn't run I mean, to his best. His price was right, given his yes. form. 
against those horses. You know, it's easy after the race to say he was too short, but that was that was his right price. I agree. Well, it, yeah, they kept backing him. Well, he was he yeah. was two twenty five to one seventy on the day, yes, which wow. is a pretty good go in a Group One race. Mm. Yep. And, yeah, and tell no. us about Brad Rowilla, uh, Dino, because that whole move happened a few weeks ago. He spent some time in quarantine, and and now he's been there a, a short period of time. And um, you know, is this the best thing that he could have done in, at his stage of his career? Oh, I think so. Um, you know, Brad had uh, basically you know put all of his eggs in the the Darren Weir basket, and when that uh, when the disqualification happened there, he had to start reinventing himself. And there was probably stables that hadn't used him, that tried to use him, and uh, he did a lot of work with Godolphin uh, there for probably 12 months or so, and he probably maybe underwhelmed them with results, so it was time for a change. He's had great success in Perth. You know, they don't run many Group 1s, and that's his fourth Group 1 win there, and uh, he only started riding there last Saturday, and uh, he got you know, got the big results straight away, and um, he flew to Geraldton for a stack of rides uh, yesterday, so uh, you know he's uh, you know he's giving it a, a red hot go, and uh, you know for a jockey that probably struggles with his weight a bit too, the lifestyle there might really suit uh, with the with you know the temperatures and things like that. So uh, no, I think it's a good move. A couple of texts here, Dino staying in Melbourne about the ride of the day, and I might come back and get a ride of the day from Duff um, in Sydney, but um, a few here wrapping Ollie. They're obviously on uh, re-edit in the fourth. Um, we've seen read it in Sydney um, plenty of times. Uh, what did you make of that performance? It was a was a good ride by Ollie. Well, she was last and had a bit to do at the 600, uh, but that was a, a bit like uh, Oaks Day, and it looked like she was going to be unlucky, but she uh, hit the line well, and I think what they've they really learned about her is maybe she's just best fresh. Her first up form's great, and they gave her over three weeks between runs, and uh, the Wallace Stable, as they do and the, the Camelot breed are a bit like that they like just being that little bit on the fresh side and uh, it was it was a great ride of persistence, I thought the best ride in the race was Lockie Neindorf on Ethical Solution because he got the spot outside the leader and Queen Little Diva you would have thought would have got him around the corner but she was gone at the 400, he was left in front a bit early but he actually tactically got the race perfect, it was just a matter of uh, the leader didn't hold on probably for long enough and she was just left in front from a long way out What was the ride of the day in Sydney, Duff? I don't think there was one. It was pretty regimental, the winners going through all the winners. You know, a lot of them drew well, and they, they, they run to the map there. So I think you'd have to give it to Rachel King for an all-round display of judging the speed on on-pace runners and, and staying cool, calm and collected on one that didn't have as much luck in three youths. So you know, to ride four winners, she has to get rider of the day because I don't think there was an absolute, you know, a peach of a ride. You had the two-year-old, uh, he just made all the right moves there. Uh, Brenton, he, but he, he did draw barrier two and he runs away to little Tommy Stockdale. He was good on him from an inside barrier one and Nash went forward on Warra Flash and um, made his own luck. He's a shot shot. He's a hot shot on pace runner. Three U got caught wide, but still won. Beautifully rated ride on Graceful Glamour. She just loves that. And then you got outrageous. Tommy made a move and got across early. And Victor salute uh, barrier one again. And two big Fari. She did what she had to do, Michaela, and, and she knows him well and did a good job on two big Fari. So there was no exceptional ride that uh, had needed tactically uh, something out of the box. It was just an all-round display by Rachel King. And now, uh, more texts here, and, and keep sending them in, guys, on the text line. Or give us a call, 13.53.53. The open line is is open. Um, about the winner of the first here, Duff, uh, wanting to know if this is a, a youngster we should be following of O'Shea's, and also your thoughts on Hunnam. 
uh, who the money came for again. Yeah, on paper, I thought there was an interesting race. I, I thought there was some really nice trialers and a second wave of two-year-olds coming through. And Rabideer, you know, hadn't set the world on... It, it trialled nicely without saying, oh, this this has got a really good good hope. But it, John put the blinkers on her and she, she really travelled sweetly in the blinkers and she got all the moves and he's going to put her straight out now. So he's going to look after her. Sliders had already had the run under the belt and she went from 9 to 11 and she, she ran well. Hanum... I think the pink blinkers actually backfired on him um, because he, he got mid-race there and then he wanted to charge up their heels and he had to spear off the track because he was going to clip them. So he is work in progress. I think they might think he's pretty smart. Well, they, he's the horse they, they just kept backing in the golden gift and he run last. So they, I think he proved a point that he's very talented. The, the horse I want to follow out of this race is Centro Storico. She's the one that... Uh, has that she's got room to move this preparation. She's beautiful filly, and um, I like her. I think she'll be hard to beat next time. Other than that, I uh, yeah, she's the one out of that race. I want to I, I want to be on in the immediate future, and Hanan maybe in the later on in the in the autumn. All right, perfect. Uh, Dino, looking from afar, or even commenting on um, you know the young horses that went around at Mooney Valley on Saturday. Um, you know anything we should be jumping at or are we still waiting for the good ones to be rolled out yeah dave this is a really interesting race because last year tagaloa won it the year before brooklyn hustle beat yes 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 and uh i think the year before the blue diamond oh written by won it uh horses like mahogany have won it star witness so it just it's got a rich history for just an you know run-of-the-mill two-year-old race no black type to it um this year i think these horses are really nice horses, but they might be the ones we look at over a bit further later. I thought Palili was really good mm. in winning, uh, but I'd say uh, wouldn't be the top uh, raider of the Godolphin horses down here, but did a good job to win. But there were a couple back in the field that went okay here, and, and I wouldn't be looking to them under 1,400, but the likes of Prince Alexander pounding and a horse called Rock Artist, very green, but uh, it's got a nice future. Um, all of those horses over further could uh, certainly make the grade, I think. Yeah, Prince Alexander, is, uh, it was an interesting one, of course, by Animal Kingdom. Now, we're going to take a break. It's 9.26 on the other side. Uh, we're going to reflect on 2020 for a little bit, uh, find out what the boys thought was uh, their best performances, what their, the greatest achievement of 2020 was, and maybe also try and think about some horses. And I'd like to hear from you guys as well out there, some horses that we should be following in the autumn. Uh, we want to know, um, you know, your thoughts because you're the partners just like us. We'll be back after these commercials. A man's home is his castle, but his men's shed, <laughs> that's his kingdom. There are now more than a thousand men's sheds across Australia, and they're more than just a shed. You can make things, grow things, find a mate, be a mate, shoulder to shoulder. The Australian Men's Shed Association can help to find a shed near you. For the last word on what's happening with Saturday's Tab Markets for Sydney, tune in for Trading Places with Tab Senior Trader Tim Ryan. Lay or play, Tim has the latest. Trading Places, 11.15, Saturday morning, Racing HQ, Sky Sports Radio.
Attention breeders, are you prepping your yearlings for the upcoming sales? Now, more than ever, we know that a horse's gut is its engine and affects the way your horse looks, feels and performs. That's why so many breeders are using Poseidon Equine products to build their future champions from the inside. Visit poseidon-equine.com to learn how you can maximise your returns in the sale ring. That's poseidon-equine.com. Poseidon Equine. True health begins in the gut. If you love your golf, you won't want to miss the Drummond Golf Black Friday sale with great savings on a huge range of golf gear, like 10% off all motorised buggies, take 10 to 20% off bags and golf balls, all gloves and apparel a massive 20% off, footwear now 10 to 20% off, and measuring devices 10 to 15% off. Plus, with our lowest price guarantee, we won't be beaten. So, don't miss the Drummond Golf Black Friday sale, in-store and online. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, there's a 28, 28 minutes past 9 o'clock on Sky Sports Radio, and uh, we're going to reflect for a little bit here, and we want to hear from you. Uh, if you've got some calls, which I know there are plenty of people ringing in, 135353 is the open line number. What was your highlight of 2020? Or have you got a, a horse that we should all be putting down in our black book to follow? You can be a hero because uh, the tape never lies. We can remember these for next year when uh, they get rolled out around the autumn time. Now, we've got Mick on line one. Morning, mate. Uh, good morning. What's your question? Um, I don't usually follow the Japanese or South African racing, but something I just noticed on the weekend was that the saddlecloth numbers are also the barrier numbers. Now, if they're starting from barrier one, they're number one. So, you know, if you think number one's the top weight, it isn't. If the top weight, you know, drew 14, well, it's going to be number 14. Have you noticed that? No. Boys... South Africa, I... last night I noticed it at Scottsville and I noticed it Japan, Japan, wherever they were on at. Well, it was a big day yesterday, of course. Armand I, Duff, did you see Armand I? You saw it on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, no, she, she is something special. Well, she was yeah. something special. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never noticed that bad, that, that saddlecloth thing, to tell you the truth. Yeah, um, well, you have a look whenever we're on South Africa tonight and... Uh, yeah, it's a bit confusing. I, I, I sort of yeah. double-checked. I looked at several races, you know, and, um, you know, like, you know, you'd see number one might be carrying 57 and number six is the top weight with 61 and a half or something like that, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I don't yeah. think I that, that happens. might say, oh, yeah, we know that, but um, it's, no. it's a bit confusing if you think number one's going to be the top weight. It isn't. It's just barrier I, one. I'll tell you one thing that I uh, learnt yesterday was when that horse was playing up Duff, Munns and Dino yeah. that... Uh, the jockey in Japan very rarely gets off the horse. Yeah. Is that, is well, that, not he's not allowed to. to. Yeah, it was the second time yeah. for the year. Yeah, that's jeez. Yeah. Um, okay, beautiful. Thanks so much for that call, Mick. Uh, okay, just on arm and have a look. Maybe I'm, oh, yeah. I. Well, I'm sure I'm not wrong because I I looked at several races just to you know think it's not a mistake. You know, you weren't on the jars <laughs> last night, were you? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. No, okay, okay. The thing about All the right. Japanese racing is it's all weight for age. So probably, if the the local punters know that, they just they just put them in barrier draw order. I yeah, yeah. I I would have thought that happened in the Jap- Japan Cup there yesterday. But, you know, number, was she barrier the bottom, one was number was she one. A bottom number. Yep. She was number two. I think, arm and I. I think they did jump from their respective uh, gates. 
in that big race yesterday, Duff, mm. I think. Yeah. And we'll get that double. Well, someone will text in and let us know. bottom as a mare, wouldn't she? So. Yeah, she mm. would be, actually, yeah. Mm. Um, and getting texts here, barriers and numbers in the USA too. Someone just sent that text in. Uh, anyway, um, just a comment on Armand Eye, uh, Dino, and, and obviously that race. Isn't it funny, too, with um, uh, Contrail, the old man got beaten, I saw on uh, social in I think the same race or or a similar sort of setup, and obviously you know went through the following season to be just an absolute freak as we know deep impact. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's an absolute superstar contrail, but he looked like a young horse yesterday in that when that leader tore off you know fifty seven eight from the stand start for the first thousand and the two twenty three overall they've just flown and she just looked like the beast that she is the last two hundred meters and he just looked like a horse that next season he'll be probably the the one that does that. I'm trying to put it into context and tell me if you agree here, Duff, but do you, for people that, I was, I was explaining this to a mate yesterday in, in who sort of has no real idea about racing and I was sort of saying that these are the the Messies, the uh, Ronaldos of the world and some of our horses here are, in, and this is no dis- disrespect to a Sydney FC or a Melbourne victory, but this is your, your really A-grade stuff and if they did come here, I know everything's equal and you've got to acclimatise and everything, but they would be very hard to beat on our shores if, say, she came or a contra, which they're never going to. Obviously, she's no. not. But um, if they did, it'd be, oh, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, we see that when they bring a, a proper Group 1 horse out here, yeah. you know, Liz Grishow and, and horses like that. So, Erdogan, um, yeah. Yeah, there's been yeah. a, you know, they've, they've got away with it with Group 3 horses in the past. And... Um, if they bought their elite here, which they, you know, they they won't. Um, well, you never know. You never say never. Uh, but just the timing of it, um, they're, 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 they're proper horses. Put it that way. We all know that they've got a beautiful breeding system, and and um, and they're supreme they're, tests. Their races aren't they? Like they just they you know, are. I mean, there was are. one well, took off yesterday, but there's always one 57, that takes off. Fifty-seven nine. They went that first yeah. thousand meters yesterday in the mm. Japan Cup. Didn't he run a if race that, too? Yeah, yeah, he didn't give up. Like to Do see you think if like you'd back, back that pacemaker in a cox plate all day? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do, Do you think if that plate. happened here? Do you think if that happened here, uh, there'd be you know huge blow ups on the social because we're not used to seeing stuff like that? They'd be going, "What's going on here?" You know, this bloke doesn't know what he's. You know, what's going? You know. Or do you think that's well, because it's over that the there? Socials are running racing, but uh, well, that's uh, exactly right. Uh, exactly right. Yeah, I would like to see more supreme tests uh, in any class. You know that that that's what it's about. You know, you're trying to find mm. the best athlete. I'm half a fan for pacemakers, but I get yelled down every time. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they work. That. Yeah, I know. I know. Because some would sit at like, yeah, some yeah, would sit off the old pacemaker would win. That'd have to be yeah, bracketed. What about the old days of the Scotch and Dries and the Vaux Rose? It's great. It's beautiful racing, and and mm. we've seen horse, you know, like Brendan Abdullah away with the Squatty Spirit, and and yeah. this year we've seen Twilight Payment win a Melbourne Cup ridden that way. Yeah, you know, it's it can be done. It's just it's just got to be. It's just got to occur. All right, we've got David online too. Morning, David. Hey, good morning. How you going, boys? Very good, mate. What um, have you got for us? Just one thing I saw. It's interesting. Um, as good as the Japanese horses are supreme, but I think their tracks are. Faster, because I remember, I remember Horlicks went over there and ran, I think, a world record of ones that stood for quite a while. So I think their tracks are faster, because... Oh, that track looked firm yesterday. Yeah, it is very fast. Rough but the highlight for me this year, um, I think it was the Melbourne Cup, I think the the speed they went, it was the fourth fastest Melbourne Cup ever, and the way the first two, Twilight Payment and Tiger Moth, 
were virtually second and third all the way and kept going. I thought that was just a marvellous effort by both of them. I, I thought it was a really great Melbourne Cup, fourth fastest ever. It was a really good field, and I think that was about the highlight. But, um, Munsey, can I just ask you something? Yes, mate. Um, if you... I don't know whether there's much I can do. I lost... I had a couple of winners on the weekend, and I've lost a ticket. Is there anything you can do, or is that... Well, if um, say so they're, they're cash bets. Yeah. So if you know if you know roughly the time that you placed the bet, the venue that you placed the bet, what the bets were, of, of course, uh, you put in a claim, and they should be able to trace that back. If, if very very easy to find. If you say I was in X agency at Y time on Saturday and placed a bet of, you know, um, twenty dollars on ABC. Uh, in your claim form, they should they should be able to track back through that agency's bets for the day to see whether or not. And your your worry is that um, an emu bobber or something hasn't picked it up and and claimed the ticket. Oh, it wasn't much, but uh, um, doesn't matter, mate. No, you know from? what? A lot of much adds up. Where where do you get the claim form from? Uh, just ring. Uh, well, it, they should have a claim form at the agency. Oh, okay. Uh, and at worst, uh, I don't know whether there's an online claim form. Um, I think there would be. There. Yeah. Let me, be. Uh, I'm on the website at the moment. Let me see if I can find uh, if there is an online claim form. While you're doing that, Munns, um, I'll come to you here, Dino, about the Melbourne Cup. Uh, just in, in, in where did you see it ranking in Melbourne Cups gone by? Dino? Well, I'll come to you, Duff. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I must say it's uh, in a COVID year. I, I think it's probably one. It was the best race in Melbourne all year. Um, highly surprising you know, to think two or three months earlier we were worried what we were going to get in this Melbourne Cup as far as if anything was allowed to travel and all this sort of stuff. But um, as it turned out, I, I thought it was a great spectacle, uh, much better than the previous year where it was a, a trot and canter and uh, a superior winner come out on top in, in a proper two-mile staying test. Mm. So I, 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 I'd expect Dino to agree with all that. And It was a very strong Melbourne Cup, and I, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was gr- the best race in Melbourne all year, which is not usually the case. Yeah, I think we just lost connection to Dino there. We'll try and re-establish I'm that here, line. Mate. Oh, no, are you there, mate? Well, what I did am. you think of it, mate? Yeah, I agree. I actually think the two features, I think the, the Cox Plate in a different way uh, on the wet track was a, a real slog as well. And it was a hard run race with Grand Slam taking them along. And uh, and we saw Sir Dragon A and, and Bossy to the fore in the 100th Cox Plate. But the Melbourne Cup was the race. It had the depth uh, of horses pre-race. It had the depth of uh, test in the race. And uh, yeah, a, a well-deserved winner. And a group, I think we saw a super horse run second in Tiger Moth, whether we'll ever see him again here. Not sure, but uh, he is a, an absolute star in the making of his fifth start to all but do that in and ride that speed and, and still keep going was a, was a phenomenal effort. Munns, um, have you any luck with that um, on that website? Well, well, if you punch into Google, a Google search and just put in tab loss ticket claim form, uh, there, there's a, Comes a, up. a, a number of um, uh, different uh, things that come up there. So that's just on, okay. on on Google. You might be able to print the form out and, and then fill it in and, and take it to the to the agency or, or whatever. Beautiful. But that's just putting it straight into Google. Munns, what was your highlight of 2020? Well, it's going to be a bit weird, Dave, but um, one of them I was actually physically at the races and very, very close to what was happening, and the other I was in the studio. Uh, but, it was two, but it was two Group 1 races this year 
And it wasn't the fact that um, I was on the winner of the Group 1 or anything like that. It was actually the reaction of the fellow jockeys to the winning rider of those Group 1s. Now, Adam Hieronymus rode his first Group 1 winner on Shout the Bar in the Vinery. And that, I think that was the last day I was at the races before COVID hit. And just past the post, coming back to the enclosure, all the jockeys, they were, they were so uh, happy for, for Adam Hieronymus to ride his first Group 1 winner. And then when Jimmy Innes rode Natoya in the Doncaster, and Ronnie will back me up here because there was basically no one at the races whatsoever. And you could hear the jockeys uh, roaring at their mounts and everything the last little bit. But when they went past the post... All the jockeys were yelling out, good on you, Jimmy, good on your son, everything like that. Uh, and, and just goes to show you, they do take notice of their fellow riders breaking a significant moment in their life by riding their first Group 1 winner. And goes to show you how tight these jockeys are in the room. It certainly does. Uh, we've got Pete on, uh, on Line 1. Morning, mate. Good morning. Um, as an old bloke of 84, I've spooed plenty of lady jockeys over the years. I just find it amazing that there was a sports show, a sports contest on there for Sports Person of the Year. A woman could win it in Melbourne and a woman could win it in Sydney. It's just mm-hmm. amazing the, how far the lady jockeys have come. Definitely. They certainly have. They certainly have, Duff. And you know what? It, it's going to be something that I think, uh, and I know I spoke with Ron Quinton, um, you know, just about some horses of his that were in a couple of weeks ago, and we got talking about apprenticeships on air, and he said that he'd love to eventually see an academy built here in Sydney, um, you know, because in terms of a trade, um, it's, a, it's a lot of money these young men and women can make, but who knows where they may end up with, and we see that with, with Rachel and obviously Jamie. It's a very... Re- very re- rewarding sport if uh, you know if you're good at it. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of money to be made, and it's a good trade. So, and uh, yeah, the old academy. It, it should you know we should be having something like that. I remember when you know we had apprentice schools. They weren't as professional back then, but at least we had you know apprentice schools, and we'd learn about horses, and we'd learn about you know all sorts of things. And um, they still have them, and, and, and I don't know how they they work these days. But um, I know there's. They were a few apprentices bought out the track the other day, and and um, I think uh, meet a few of the I think Lizzie and Paul were at Wednesday. There might have been a few apprentices there, uh, so it's still happening behind the scenes. That lots of things we don't know about. Come on, uh, we've got uh, Kurt on line one for some highlights of 2020. Morning, mate. G'day, Dave. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. What was your highlight of the year? Oh, mate, there's too many. Too many. I actually liked what happened yesterday, just on the jockey's point of view, in Brad uh, Saturday, Brad Ruilla. Always love Brad, mate. He's one of mine, and um, I saw that ride. You, people can say what they want, you know, but I thought that was well-deserved. That was no token win there. Beautiful. Well, you got that radio in the background, mate. You have to turn down the Holy Grail. Hunters and collectors. In the garage, know, you, Dave, mate. You're in the, the garage. In the garage. Mm. In the garage. Ronnie, going how are you, <laughs> G'day, Kurt. Ronnie, mate, everything seems to be coming back to normal, mate. I went to one of my faves, if not well, close to my fave, in a top three, Ronnie. Bistro Moncur, brother. Oh, jeez, you're flying. You're you flying know what that's like, Ronnie? It's like putting on one of the old slippers you've had on for 100 years, brother. Oh, boy. I've got to go to lunch with you, Kurt. Ronnie, I'm still waiting you to come down to that, that thing you said you'd <laughs> surprise me one day. The stable's down there, William Street. We're yeah, still waiting. Yeah. You said you'd come in with Maxie. Yeah, with, but uh, Ma- um, one of my favourite scribes of all time, Ronnie. 
Yeah, look, the, the COVID hit. It's a bit of a problem. We hit a bit of a hurdle, Kurt, but we'll have to do it next year. No, no worries. Ronnie, just on the Golden Slipper, my friend, mm-hmm. I want to give you the ones that are in contention for me at the moment. Obviously, you got the Enthar, so I'm going yep. to leave that one to the side. Animo is yep. mine. Nice for what, Ronnie? Mate, these days, or even from a long time ago now, for me to say uh, Kieran Ma and D Eustace are in contention for a slipper is just like saying Gerald Ryan or, or James Cummings or, or Mitch uh, uh, Newman's got a good two-year-old. So I've got no problem in saying that. Um, Joyous Legend, obviously we haven't seen. I've broken nads about this horse, Ronnie, about this filly. And Golf of Suez, I saw on, on debut... And then he did it again on Saturday, Ronnie. They're, the, they're my ones in contention at the moment. Have I left anything out, Ron? Uh, no, I, I think uh, there's a little... There's still a game to play there, but there's only two so far. Uh, two possible, three. And that's Enthar and Animo, and the horse that runs second to Animo. They're the yeah, only Forbes. three I've... Yeah, the Forbes, Forbes yeah. They're, they're the only three I've, I've put down as legitimate slipper horses so far. Ron, Ronnie, can I give you one as well from left field? Mm-hmm. I backed this horse on debut, and then I backed it again its second start. It lost both times to um, the fave there. Uh, well, anyway, and then it came out in its third start. Its name is Avanello, Jamie Richards' yard. Then it beat that horse that lost twice to and beat it easy and on its merits, so had no excuse. Jamie Richards, Ronnie, this is one of the Bellados. I don't, I don't know if you know the Bellados, Ronnie, but they're by, he's by Lope de Vega. And he won the Welcome Stakes two weeks ago down there. And he did it with a foot in the air, Ron. And knowing Jamie Richards, I think, you know, this one could be one out the, out the box as well, Ron. A two-year-old, is it? Yeah, a- Avanello, Ronnie. Okay, well, keep an eye on it. It's been a while since we've had a, a two-year-old from New Zealand come over and... I know, Ron. Yeah, I, I remember I was telling you Avantage might do it that year, but she never come over. Yeah, keep Ron, an eye on it. a great trainer. Yeah, and Ron, can I ask you, mate, these are the horses I'm looking out for in the new year. Andermatt, Najma, yep. Beliba, and Traversed. What do you think, Ron? Yeah, all promising horses. Yep, yep, they'll, they'll get their opportunity early autumn to shape up in into group horse, uh, into group races, that's for sure. And one last one, wrong. Is there any new blood going to go to the Villiers? Because I like Frosty Rocks. He didn't arrive. He wasn't there on Saturday, but he could arrive in the Villiers. Yeah, he flew in a trial this morning. Um, yeah, the Villiers. It'll be interesting. We'll. It's two weeks mm. off, so. Uh, yeah, Frosty. He's a tough nut. He's a tough nut. Who knows? He'll get in with no weight. He might do something. Boys, uh, there's a, a couple of texts here, no names on this, but uh, a couple of our punters just saying, boys, mark down journalism for the Golden Slipper. Now, this uh, journalism never had a start. Two-year-old Colp, I'm invincible. Go, Bloodstock, have it, and gain Adrian Train. There you go. Put that one down, journalism. Big odds. We haven't seen it yet. Who knows when it'll, uh, it'll pop out. Um, Dean, what was, uh, what was your highlight of 2020? We've mentioned the Melbourne Cup, Dave. Yeah. Um, and I, as a race, that was. But I think as an industry, we, should, uh, we shouldn't undersell that we kept racing. I, I think uh, it was a phenomenal effort by all participants uh, to, in, in the toughest of times, 
that uh, in our lifetime that this uh, country's experienced that that our sport, our industry, uh, kept going, and we applied, you know, we applied uh, stringent uh, COVID regulations. We adhered to them, and we got through. And uh, I just think uh, that's something that we should be incredibly proud of as a as a sport and industry. Yeah. yeah. Here, here. What about um, performance-wise, mate? Um, is there a particular horse that you're most excited to see next autumn uh, that you, you saw over the spring and you thought, "Oh, okay, this is a this is a bloody nice horse." Yeah, well, I, I think uh, Duff just mentioned him before. I think Animo uh, for the two-year-old ranks. Uh, he, what he did, I, I'm a huge rapper of Forbes, and and maybe Forbes did pull up a little bit Shinsaw that day. But uh, Animo, he he wasn't entitled to run him down at Sandown. He was unlucky at Caulfield. So it's not a two-year-old that we've seen once and put away. We've actually seen him perform twice, and he's done it well. Uh, he'll be you know, he'd be a major player, and he'll relish 1,200 metres. So in the two-year-old ranks, in the three-year-old ranks, I'm looking forward to. He was big odds in the uh, Guineas, and then he got on a wet track in the Cox Plate. But Grand Slam is a pretty good horse. Uh, he's a, a brother to Jamaica. And he ran well in the Guineas, then the Cox Plate, as I said, wet track and was too much for him. But uh, the Australian Guineas is a good race for him, I think. Uh, okay. Guys, just completely out of left field here. Now, that horse you just said, Dave, j- journalism, mm-hmm. it's out of a mare called Ammonpore. Now, guys, was yes. Ammonpore the horse you guys both tipped up? We were on form line one night. Yep. And I think it was 33 to 1 in the Queen of the Turf. Yep. That's her. Yeah. Well, there, there. Okay. Six degrees of separation. I'm yeah, very fond of Ammonpore. Mm. Okay, well, there you go. She won the Queen of the Turf on the 11th of April, and those yes. people that took the 33 or $34 on the Thursday night when the boys tipped it up, it ran $21 on the Saturday. That's okay, right. and she's got a son by uh, I'm Invincible. Go Bloodstock, I see Gaze in it, plus a couple of other of her owners, uh, Fernvale, Fernvale Farm, so hasn't stepped out yet, so there you go. And Dave, I'll track it, down the, uh, the claim yep. form for that gentleman. If he goes to the TAB website... It goes to the home page, goes down the left-hand side, clicks on help. He'll go to the help centre. Once he gets to the help centre, there is a, a section there that says important forms. He clicks on important forms. And then the first one, claim for lost, damaged, error tickets, New South Wales and Victoria only, retail and on course. Click on that. He goes through. He fills in all these details there, including um, where the bet was placed, what the bet was on, his name and address, da-da-da-da-da, a stat deck at the bottom, and happy days. It seems uh, so long away, or so far away, uh, the the autumn, but um, just on uh, the highlights of, of races of the year, Duff, uh, I know it's hard to go part, past your Everests and, and your other races we had in the spring, but, mate, gee, this Queen Elizabeth Stakes we had here, uh, and considering COVID as well, I mean, to have a Dave come out and then obviously continue that form on in Europe, we saw what Very Elegant did in the spring, down on premium, gee, on a dry track, he might have just gone bang. Uh, and then in behind them, Tiakau Shark, Melody Bells, uh, your Coldings, Vow and Declare, etc., etc. Um, gee, that was a great race this year, that Queen Elizabeth. Yep, and that's um, one of my highlights of the year as well, Dave. Um, I the, the race days or the races that, you know, just come straight to my memory from this year are the, you know, obviously the Randvet and the Queen Elizabeth uh, with a Dave. The classics legend situation um, with Les and and whatever and and he had a bit of X factor about him. I think the, that's a great story and the G Char story was great for me as well. I thought yeah and to him to finish off the carnival with a you know the way he did um, it was excellent and they got paid a dividend for putting their you know 
putting the you know the stable on the line, Gordon Richards. He you know he's sort of a hands-on man in in his home state, and he left there uh, to come here with one horse and played the game, and uh, he, he came out pretty well on top there. And yeah, obviously the other lovely day was a great story was the Toya Doncaster. Uh, but mm. they're the days, the Adib, um, Adib classic legend, Gitra and Natoya. Yeah. Uh, what about a horse uh, or horses in which you're excited to see when they uh, get wheeled back out? Yeah, look, I'm, I know she fell in at a last start in, down the street, but Written Beauty's got X Factor and she'll go to stakes class. Um, I'm, I'm convinced about that. And, oh, jeez, the name's left me now. What's, what's that Perth filly? Do you know that's had the feet troubles, the flying, the, thing, the Nostradamus oh, um, filly? Um. Yeah. Clairvoyant. Clairvoyant. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. 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 Uh, keep an eye out for her. She is very good. She is very good. So uh, it's a couple of sharp sprinting types for me. Hmm. Hey, um, Munns, what about some of the horses that we you've marked down that you, you just can't wait to see uh, next oh. particular uh, autumn? Well, at this time of year, Dave, your, your major concentrations are two-year-olds because uh, it's always an exciting time of year. You know, the ones that are up and running before Christmas, you've got, you know, we're not far away from the Magic Millions and after the Magic Millions, every single two-year-old, two-year-old winner, the first question asked to the trainer or the jockey, is this a slipper horse? So, you know, you've got to be, you, you've got to be looking forward to seeing Enthar back at the races because we've only yeah. seen it once and it was just so dominant. Uh, in what it did, so uh, that was the that was the benchmark two-year-old here in Sydney of the the two-year-old races. And then, funnily enough, we haven't had a lot of two-year-old races uh, here in Sydney to to get them up and running. Uh, we'll get to see you know two-year-olds at Wyong in a couple of weeks' time, and the format of that leading into the Magic Millions is strong. And then over Christmas, um, it, it's all about the two-year-olds really uh, leading into Magic Millions. Yeah, it certainly is, uh, which uh, you boys will be up there at the Magic Millions enjoying yourself. And, of course, that's when we will return. We will actually return the Monday after Magic Millions. That'll be our first punters uh, post-mortem back for 2021. So we're looking forward to that. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll jump back into what was Saturday. We'll get some horses to follow from the boys, and we might even take a few more calls. 13.53.53. Hi, this is Luke Marlowe. Join us for the Friday fill-up on Racing HQ every Friday. We'll bring you the main players, the late mail, tips from the experts and more. 11 o'clock Friday morning. The Friday fill-up on Sky Sports Radio. Join the Big Sports Breakfast team as they lead the charge to the Mudgee Cup Friday, December 4. Don't miss the Oriental Hotel's Race Day Eve Calcutta and Charity Auction Thursday, December 3 from 6.30. Featuring special guests Dave Stanley and Richie Callender plus the BSB team. And back up with the boys at the Ori Friday morning for a BSB Mudgee Cup special with breakfast served from 7.30. Then take advantage of free travel to and from the track as you head out to Mudgee Cup Day, one of country racing's truly iconic meetings. Did you know that you can play your favourite radio stations on Google Nest speakers and displays? Next time you want to listen, just say, hey Google, then ask to play a specific station. So if your hands are busy scrambling eggs, getting dressed or packing the kids' lunch, use your voice to turn on, turn up or change the radio station. All hands free. And for a limited time only, get a Google Nest Hub for only $79 on the Google Store. Requires Wi-Fi and compatible device. T's and C's apply. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Post Mortem. 
It is a 9.54 on Sky Sports Radio. You're with Dean Lester, Ron Duffersey, Glenn Munsey. This is the final punters post-mortem for 2020. And Mark is on the line. Morning, mate. Uh, good day, lads. Uh, look, uh, very elegant was the horse for me to uh, admire this year. She did it both ends. She won weight for age and uh, handicap level. And I'm sorry to see that hit the shot will leave Australia. I was looking forward to seeing him next year. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a big purchase for Hong Kong, isn't it? Hit the shot, Dino. Hit the shot, and uh, news this morning that the Sandown Guineas winner, Alibor, was vetted clean, so he's another one uh, uh, flying to Hong Kong uh, after his win in the uh, Sandown mm. Guineas two weeks ago. Just on Hong Kong, before we get back to Very Elegant, what a great mare she was. Chenia, now it's not called Chenia now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called some other name. Um, over it won last night, and we saw Shadow Hero... Make his, I think, debut, Hong Kong debut in the same race. Um, is that right, Duff? Yep, and Eric the Eel was there running and Eric well Deal, as well. Yeah. yeah, he's a good horse. We've always, always known Chenny as a good horse. He's just, maybe he was just too culty. Um, we, well, Dino, we saw him at his first start and he, he showed so much promise early on. We, and um, he showed that up as a gelding first up last night. I don't know if you saw it, but he was very impressive. He, if he gets to the outside earlier, he wins by three or four lengths. And apparently, the records say that the class horse, uh, class two horses, starting off in Hong Kong, have got a very poor record first up. Uh, so he's overcome a little bit of a hoodoo there, and he's a, a very good horse worth following. Beautiful. All right. Thanks very much for that, Mark. Thanks, Lee. Bye-bye. Too easy. Uh, very elegant, obviously. I remember we had a call, Duff, uh, you know, when she was winning those races um, at the start of that preparation, wait for age, and then obviously handicap. And punters were sort of saying, I think it was that call for cup run. There was one punter that said, like, she just beats him every time on weights and measures because she was doing things that, um, you know, she, she shouldn't be doing um, with the weight she was receiving. And, gee, she's a good man. Oh, she is. Well, she won the uh, she won the Turnbull, didn't she? And she... She ran second earlier in the year in the Randvet to, to, to a Dave, and to think even going to two mile with with some of the antics she had earlier on as a three-year-old being so light-mouthed, and and then she went to that brutally run Melbourne Cup, and I thought she went enormous in that Melbourne Cup, to tell you the truth, and I know she's an outstanding amazing. mare. Yep. Mm. What about from the weekend, boys? Because we've got the racing going to continue, and uh, Dino, I know that um, over the summer break you're still going to join us on HQ on a Monday, just to pick your brain on a few little horses here and there. Um, Munns and Duff are going to have a, a bit of a spell, a well-earned spell as well this year, considering we've gone all the, all the way through. Um, so, Dino, just on horses to follow from Saturday, is there anything that caught your eye from that Valley meeting? Yeah, I mentioned the two-year-old Dave, rock artist. I'd love to see him at 1,200. Uh, he might have a little break now and get into the longer races. I think he's got a future. And in the short term, a mare called Lady Brook... Uh, that was behind all banter, who was the best winner of the day down here on Saturday. And Ladybrook was wide all the way. And you just, around that 1,000-metre track at the Valley, you can't cover that much ground. She ran really well. So I think uh, Ladybrook for Phil Sweeney at Gerildery uh, has got a nice future. All right, perfect. Uh, Duff, what about yourself, mate? Anything you follow out of that uh, Saturday meeting? Uh, definitely she stands out. Full meaner out of the last. Um, she was first mm. up. She had to go back from that wide draw and had a lot to do and she did it well um, hitting the line hard and there's more to work with with her so Mark will place her through uh, through a grades into a, into a probably a listed race when she third or fourth up and I, I think she'll 
I'm keen to follow Centro Storico out of the first. Um, and I don't know if she's going to run any superstars in the next month or so, but if she finds the right race, uh, she'll be going close to winning. What about uh, yourself, Munns? Anything to follow from Saturday? Uh, well, I had something on it, Dave, on Saturday. It didn't do a great deal, but, gee, it looked well. Primitivo, mm. I said to you on Friday I was going to have something on it. I did, but it looked really, really well. So I want to be on its back when it steps up in trip. And I wouldn't be sacking in and up either. Uh, that was a, a big rise in uh, grade for him on Saturday. Probably the rock-hard track. Uh, and those horses looked as though they were going to come into the race from back in the field there. But um, he, he never shirked his task the last little bit. I've got a note here from Chris Roots. He's got wide. He said, what about the two-year-old winner at Townsville on Saturday? Um, we'll have to get Chargy on the phone. Uh, he must have Sweet. backed it. Well, it was he must have backed it. Dave. Sweet Dolly <laughs> oh. one by six in the two-year-old race there. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, just goes to show you, Dave, there's a race on every minute, and uh, especially if you're on the winner, you can give it a good cheer, can't you? Exactly right. Uh, boys, it's been wonderful working with you this year uh, for punters post-mortem and what's been a strange year obviously with COVID uh, and we look forward to getting you back as I said we'll be back Monday after Magic Millions so I think you'll return on the 18th uh, we'll have the full deck on board but during that time punters uh, when uh, the boys are off uh, Munns and of course Duff Dino as I said will be joining uh, Racing HQ we'll go back into a Racing HQ format for these Mondays over the summer break and uh, we'll be uh, focusing on you know the highlights of the weekend still trying to find your winner for our New South Wales race meetings on that particular Monday but uh, Duff have a wonderful break mate well deserved and, and uh, enjoy the Gold Coast when you get up there. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Um, Glenn and I might be a bit dusty on that Monday after the Magic Millions. We <laughs> usually have a, a celebration on the Sunday to, that we've got through it all. But anyway, we'll be fine. Yeah. Sounds well, I good. Ta- I can tell you now, I'm not even nominating, Dave. I'll be off again uh, after Magic Millions. So uh, I'll see you in February. Oh, so you're, so you're not back on the 18th? No, Dave, no, no. Each and okay. every year I, I take a little bit of time off after Magic Millions. Excellent. And, and this is only sort of, this trip, uh, you know, this time off coming up, Dave, it's just like, you know, Beautiful. Tony Edmonds sent them to the paddock after they race <laughs> a little bit, a couple of days on the water walker and, you know, you're straight back into it for Christmas. Look forward. I look forward to hearing more stories of you helping people with their grog getting upstairs at uh, your hotel <laughs> over this summer. Uh, Dino, we'll talk to you throughout the summer, mate. Um, but in regards to Punners Postmortem, thanks for being a part of this program, mate. Uh, as always, very insightful, and uh, the punters love you, mate. Thanks so much, Dave. It's uh, 15 years on the show, and it's, I've loved every minute of it. All right, uh, that is Punters Postmortem for 2020. All the full podcasts are up as we speak on our Spotify and our Wooshka services. Uh, it is one minute past 10 o'clock. We're going to jump into our New South Wales previews after this break. Of course, we've got racing down south at the Sapphire Coast uh, today, and we've also got racing from Taree. Gentlemen, thank you again. We'll see you next year. In the meantime, here's our New South Wales previews on Sky Sports Radio.